Okay, welcome back, Creatures of the Night, as we continue our look back at Undertaker's many, many gimmick matches. And I wouldn't want anybody along for this ride than my good friend Randy Turco from Twitter. And um, today is the finishing and the conclusion of Undertaker's first blood matches. We have got a SmackDown Extreme first blood match and Undertaker versus Mr. Kennedy at Survivor Series 2006. So quite the uh, different style of matches, quite the different style of opponents. And uh, Randy, thank you again for joining me here today. And what's up? What's been new with you since we last talked last month? Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, I know I usually like to do props. Like last month we did Taker's birthday. Yeah, yeah. We're the birthday tiara and brought some cake. And I was like, man, first blood, maybe I should blade. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> but I drew the line. I want to make sure this is uh, TV PG. So of I course. drew the line of blading. I didn't, I didn't blade. Of course. Uh, well, we are dressed to the nines as always. Yes. You have Undertaker's Hall of Fame shirt. I have a retro Undertaker See You in Hell t-shirt. Uh, very appropriate for today's first blood match. Very red and gothic. Um, and of you, of course, the, the Hall of Fame shirt, a classic. And um, so f- the first time we have the SummerSlam Elite Undertaker in our possession, Mean Mark Callis in our possessions. So we will get to that later on. Uh, so we will f- uh, begin with the February 1st, 2001 edition of SmackDown, SmackDown Extreme, uh, with an X. Um, yes. <laughs> And a Season 3, Episode 5, for those joining us on Peacock, we are both queued up at 1 hour, 8 minutes, 14 seconds. And you want to run anything by us here before we begin, Randy? Yeah, I, uh, by the way, last month we talked about, as we were signing off and kind of circling the drain, I was like, yeah, I think that February 1st, 01 show is a Raw. And you were like, I think it's a SmackDown. I'm like, I think it's a Raw. <laughs> And I looked it up uh, this month, and sure enough, it was a SmackDown. And I thought, damn it, he was right. Uh, it was a SmackDown. It's the Red Extreme. That's what confused you. Yeah. Well, and it's the best kind of SmackDown. It's SmackDown on UPN, if you remember those UPN days. I remember uh, those UPN days. But you're right. It is SmackDown Extreme, and I didn't remember that at the time. So when I rewatched it this week... And I watched the opening montage for SmackDown, and they kept flashing like the X, and then like X, and then action, and then X, and then action. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I don't remember this. And then they had the X over the logo in the bottom, in the lower third. Mm-hmm. What is happening? But yeah, it is SmackDown Extreme, where all the matches tonight are of an extreme nature. And I don't remember exactly why they were doing that, other than it was coincidence. And the XFL is starting up. In of two course, days. the XFL. Uh, in February of 01, and I think they're also playing a little bit into their main story at the time was Austin and Triple H. They were going to get into those uh, three stages of hell match at No Way Out at the bottom of the month, which yes. is fairly extreme. So, extreme, 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 extreme. Yes. Extreme. Remember, and the X in XFL stands for extreme. This is true, yeah. As Homer Simpson told us on an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Uh, the first match is Dudley's and Hardy's in a table match and I thought that that was funny because at the end of the month at the pay-per-view it's the Dudley's T-Mac and then the Brothers of Destruction uh, for the tag belts in a tables match so the Dudley's are doing a, at least two ta- uh, tables matches this month yeah. and, uh, perhaps and our next gimmick match 
Maybe that Maybe. was uh, that's our that's the uh, that's the Undertaker pajama match, <laughs> match where he showed up in his PJs. Yeah, under yeah, and the unfinished cane. He, they just they just threw stuff together. They're like, you know what? We're just going out there. Right. Um, I did notice a young Mark Carano, the former senior director of talent relations, in a. You look close, and there's a Vince Regal segment backstage, and he's kind of standing off to the side. And I was like, "Is that is that 2001 Mark Carano?" <laughs> so I did see him backstage, um, and then they had the cat was doing her storyline where she was trying to strip nude all the time, and RTC right to censor was. Oh, that's right. We'll be losing Lawler soon. Yeah, and it reminded me that Lawler this month in February of '01, by the end of the month, he's going to walk out on the company in in, uh, in defense of Miss. Kitty. That's right. And yeah. to and to pay him back, she will divorce him. So right. there you go. And then he'll be back at the end of the invasion. Um, other thing I saw, Tough Enough audition tapes were shown. Ooh. So kind of like American Idol, they only showed the bad ones. Just of course. Just to kind of laugh and get you intrigued. But uh, it did remind me that season one of Tough Enough was the summer of 01. So this is February, and they're starting to kind of pump everybody up for Tough Enough, which I love that show. Um, oh, yeah. And then, oh, last footnote was Stephanie McMahon just looks absolutely freaking divine. <laughs> so, You're just waiting for that Stephanie McMahon figure. Oh, my God. Anybody who watches this episode all the way through, they will immediately know why she looks divine, but she is just fab, and I cannot wait for Elite 94. I don't know how long that's going to take. I, I saw some 91s in my Target yesterday, so it might be the bottom of the year, but I am definitely getting that Stephanie McMahon to put with my custom Randy Turco that was a Dave Wheeler original. Wow. From 20 years ago, uh, but I still have it. So I will have, um, I bought the Stephanie McMahon WWE Universe figure. Yes. She'll be on one side of me, and then the other side is going to be this Stephanie with the ET finger, unless they fix it, you know? <laughs> the ET finger. <laughs> so that's a really long figure on that. Really like, long finger, yes. Yeah. Hopefully they fix that. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Um, they uh, have one promo. I kind of scrubbed through the episode, and they have one promo right before the match where Taker talks about how Haku and Rikishi split him open at, on Raw before SmackDown this week. I remember this. And, yeah, and he said tasting his own blood reminded him of what he used to be. So mm -hmm. he kind of is throwing back already to his dead man persona, which I love. And then... Kevin Kelly asked Kane, why are you siding with The Undertaker after feuding all this time? And Kane says, blood is thicker than water. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. What a great yes. line, considering the first blood match. Yeah, and um, let us not forget the best part of Undertaker's promo, that tasting his own blood turns him on. Yes, yes. <laughs> so now we know what really makes Undertaker tick. Right, on two ends of the spectrum, it's blood and tasting his blood. On the other end, cucumbers. So that's on right. the other end of the spectrum. That's <laughs> right. He is he is quite the interesting cat, if I do yes. say so myself. Um, but quite quite interesting tidbits as always. I thank you for uh, doing some awesome research always before our shows together. And hey, one thing too, but we'll keep a look at. I'll point them out when they come. Two matches five years apart, right? We're gonna see two proposal signs in, in the audience today one in each match can you believe that if only if it was the same person no yeah right twice <laughs> twice <laughs> don't know if those were successful at all but i saw two proposal signs i'll try to point them out when they happen i was like that is unbelievable that we had two of them 
we will we will keep an eye out. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let us begin with our patented countdown. Three, two, one, play. And Brothers of Destruction coming out first here. Yeah, and I noticed um, no uh, no bike entrance, no uh, Brothers of Destruction music matchup, and we always keep tabs. Roland works here. Yes, Roland yeah. works on this one. They're just gonna walk out, and I think that's just probably because it's it's business time, right? This is a bar fight, you know. They're not. There's no pomp and circumstance. They're just here to kick some ass. Yeah, you can see Undertaker was you know stitched up a little. Yeah, he got popped open on, on Raw by mm -hmm. Haku and Rikishi, so they're doing a, a lot of talking right now on commentary about Kane's only two weeks removed from Rumble 01 where he was like the MVP and he eliminated a third of the competition at that. He didn't win yeah. the match, but he was like the MVP. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the next chapter in uh, my watch along with Kane and I-10, the Royal Rumble 2001. Yes, yeah, so, so now every year they have, they're right there. Chris Dunn Hansel, will you marry me? <laughs> Signed French. <laughs> yes, I don't know who French is. Um, but yeah, right there. You'll see it throughout the match. But there it is, plain as day. There it is. If there's anything that's romance, it's Rikishi's ass, right? If there's anything that makes you think of romance. I mean, if there's anything that thinks of romance, it's a first blood match. I mean, come on. Rikishi. This is, of course, heel Rikishi, who ran over Steve Austin at the Survivor Series last fall. Of course, he did it for The Rock. He did it for The Rock, of all things. Of all things? Oh, they're not even waiting for having them get in the ring. It's just pure business right here. I, and I, I love that this is kind of like uh, Fully Loaded 99 with Austin. We talked about they're not collar and elbow tie-uping here. This nope. is a bar fight. This it is. is. Right after it. They're trying to split each other open. And much like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Fully Loaded, he did not wait to get into the ring. They met each other on the ramp. Right. Last, uh, last hurrah for Rikishi as like a featured star, right? And he doesn't get released till 04, but after this, he's kind of teams up with Scotty Tuhati, kind of on the lower, lower, lower card. He, um, I think he gets involved with Roddy Piper and Sean O'Hare with that when they recreate that coconut Jimmy Snuka angle in 03. That's about it. Wow. Quite the fall from grace. Right, well, Haku here, he just he just got out of WCW right before the closure, and he debuted at the Rumble two weeks ago, and this is really it, because Rikishi's going to get hurt, and then Haku's basically on velocity, so... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, see, Taker... Checking his forehead again, like we talked about last month, uh, his attention to detail. Yeah, checking the forehead. It's kind of cool here how they pair off Taker and Rikishi in the ring being featured, but yet you can still see Kane and Haku going at it outside, and then eventually they'll kind of switch. Yeah, I mean, you can't miss Haku with the big hair. No. Taking that big flying clothesline. Uh, one of my best moves uh, from Taker. Well, it's iconic, right? Yes. He's going to go for an old school here. And I always talk about Taker. He never seems to land this damn thing. But it seems like every time we've done a watch along, he does land it. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me look bad. But there it is. And he made you look bad again. Yeah, yeah. He did it again. 
Well, you know how good Kane is in first blood matches? He's beaten Stone Cold. So. Right. He's uh, trying to make Haku lead by ramming his head into the announcer's table. Yeah, so Kane's like 1 and 0 right now. Undertaker's 0 and 1. So. Right. You know, he got, got a good, uh, good chances right here. See, Taker's just going to slam his head into the steps over and over again, trying to get him to bleed. And Kane and Haku are now in the ring being featured here. Mm hmm. I love that. Taker kind of looks at him, checks for blood, and is like, damn it. Yeah. That work, you know? <laughs> Big, huge leg drop from Kane. Yeah, that got some air. Chair. You got the chair already. Oh. Taker was going for murder, but uh, Rikishi got uh, in the way and then yeah, hits that crescent kick. You can't commit murder on live TV. Too many witnesses. No. Well, here's Rikishi trying to draw first blood with the chair by hitting Taker in the back. Okay. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, backs can bleed. Right? Kane sees what's going on and comes in for the save. And Rikishi's only two months removed from being tossed off a cell. He was tossed off the cell into that hay truck. Yeah, yeah one of Rikishi's... That is a bump I would not want to take. I don't care. Safe or not, no way. <laughs> one of Rikishi's, you know, crowning moments in his career is that. Right. I mean, what can you say about a career from running down Stone Cold Steve Austin, being tossed off the hell in the cell into a hay tra truck, and dancing with Sky Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexy? Yes. I mean, what a career. See, there, Rikishi hits him in the head, and Taker has to check for blood. He checks his forehead like that makes sense. Kane's got an advantage here, right, with a mask? Not yeah. Only, not, not being split open, but not showing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm surprised he didn't bust out the two sleeved arms. Right. Apparently, 1998 Kane was a little bit smarter. <laughs> Rikishi's going to go for a, a stink face here on, again, masked Kane. I don't know how well it would be effective. Yeah, I don't think it'd be too effective. Sure. That best pure striker in the game. Of course. On Haku. Look at this. Murders Haku with that chair shot. Oh. This is this is your exhibit A right here where people say he messed up Canyon just on purpose and he only what? did it with Canyon. He yeah, no. <laughs> no. And and you know you haven't seen nothing until you get to Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You haven't seen nothing. That was in my notes for sure. Choke slam for Rikishi, why Haku no doubt blades right now outside the ring. Just throwing the stairs to Kane. My god, that made me nervous. I was like, please don't land on Rikishi's face. <laughs> yeah, there's Haku. Do you have I I what is the rules? You have to bleed both opponents? I think you just any of them have to bleed, but I don't think the referee has oh. seen. Oh, and he just took the stairs to the face, so Rikishi will be bleeding. Too, but I don't think he's seen Haku yet to call the match. Oh, come on, Chioda. Look alive. Right. 
now we get uh, Haku in the ring where Kyoto can possibly see this Kyoto? Or the yeah, that's Kyoto. Yeah, now we saw him. Ding, ding, ding. Both guys are bleeding. Yeah. So, they just keep going. I like Brothers of Destruction just won and they don't care. They're still firing live rounds. The Undertaker's going for pure murder. Right? Maybe this is why we don't see Haku very long with WWE. <laughs> Maybe. Much like my much like Chronic later on in the year. <laughs> One month or two months. Well, Taker gets his first first blood. This is only first blood win here. Yes, he is now one and one in first blood matches. Right, and I love to see the dominance out of Kane and Taker. And you know, revisionist history now that I'm watching it, uh, and I know what happens. It's interesting, like they. We're really beefing up the Brothers of Destruction as this great dominant tag team, and I wonder if that's because they knew in two months they're going to be at Backlash, they're going to be tag champs, and they're going to be fighting Triple H and, and Steve Austin in a, in a triple title match. Yeah. Man, look at that job Haku did on himself. Just think, if they would have given the Brothers of Destruction the tag titles at No Way Out, we got may have had the Brothers in the TLC match. Right? But a fun little match. Fun match here on SmackDown. That would have been cool to see them in TLC, but I don't know if I want to give up... I guess I'd say I don't know if I want to give up Triple H, Undertaker 1, but I guess we got two other matches later on, I suppose. In mm -hmm. Yeah, Triple H, Undertaker 1 is so good, though. Yeah. Reshowing Taker murder Haku with the chair and Kane murdered Rikishi with the stairs and that is it. They're both gonna do their fists in the air. That's it. That's it. Again, a nice, uh, you know, a fun little match on SmackDown. Um, you know, as we saw in our last series of matches. Uh, with Undertaker's Tag Team Championship wins. Sometimes SmackDown matches can um, excite you and, and just be super fun, quick little matches that you could just enjoy. And um, this was no different. It was a fun little um, first blood match here. It was fun, and I, I, I watched it, no doubt, when it was going on at the time, especially in college. I had nothing else going on. I'm sure I watched it, but like watching it 20 years later, it was kind of cool to to relive it a little bit and kind of like you said be surprised because you don't remember stuff 20 years later and I know I actually I thought this will be a nice extra point on top of the Kennedy match you know just a little brief little thing and I I didn't look at the timers for both but like the Kennedy match might, maybe was quicker uh, to be honest even though it's on pay-per-view it was really really quick the Kennedy match was so this one might even be a little longer who knows yeah where are you queued up here I am queued up let me see I gotta find see this is the this is the thing about doing two of them. I gotta find if I'm under pressure now while being recorded. Uh, That's fine. I'm doing it too. This is the this is my main issue with Peacock is they don't have chapters. No season twenty. I mean they don't have chapters in the pay per view. You can just pick matches. You have to skim through and then you have to get stopped by uh, commercials each time. Yeah, I wrote in my notes one twenty seven twenty seven. Wow! What what a 
What a timestamp. Right? 127.27, so we'll see if that was correct when I get there after I sit through my 60 second penalty. 127.27. Hang on, yeah, I got a 30 second penalty. Oh, nice. I wonder what you did that was better than what I did. <laughs> well, I saw a 60 minute, uh, 60 second one beforehand. Sure. Well, while we're sorting it out, tell me, like, what do you think about the Undertaker figure in front of you? I know we'll get to it a little bit later, but what's your preliminary thoughts on the WCW Tag Team Champion Ringside Exclusive Undertaker? I like it. I mean, I like the the straps. Of course, if you're going to display it, they have to be down. I agree. You have agree. they have to be down because then it makes it different than any other Undertaker figure. Um, I. Feel like the head could have been better. Just feel the head could have been better. I, I wish that they could have printed some kind of logo on the beanie cap. Uh, but all in all, not bad. You know, it's another take a figure. They can't screw it up too badly. I definitely agree. I think that the a logo would have made it more apparent that it's actually a beanie. Like without the logo, you're like, is that supposed to be a beanie? Or like a bucket hat, like Gilligan wears. Yeah. I mean, I I think with the beanie and the sunglasses, it looks like a much better figure. Right. Without the beanie and the sunglasses, the head scan is not too great. Like I said, it could be a better head scan would have been better, better head head sculpt maybe. Uh, sure. But the the beanie and the sunglasses make the make the the face. Yeah, I agree. You gotta roll that shirt down too. I know yeah. uh, Alex Dorio from Talking Taker talked about how it's a uh, dancing Stephen uh, Richards uh, tank top or club top, basically, where it's like a crop top. You know? Yeah, it's a crop top. Yeah, that's yeah. It's like a crop. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but see, I see. Definitely got to display it down. Plus, I don't think I have any displays in my detolf right now that shows that BSK tattoo. So I think that's yeah. Cool. It is only the second Mattel Undertaker with the BSK tattoo. Oh, damn, I didn't even know yeah, that. The first one is the, a basic from the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view series back in 2010. So we almost have a, we almost have a, a duty to yes. display it with the straps. Yes, down. you have a basic and an elite. Sure. And, and I think there's only very few Jack-specific ones have the BSK tattoo. Maybe about... Less than five, I only have it. So it's a very rare thing to have an Undertaker figure. So if you're going to display them, definitely the, the straps have to be down. Definitely agree. Yeah. So I'm queued up now, 127.30. I went a little far, so I'll, I'll wait till you say go, and then I'll wait three seconds. I, exactly 127.30 also. Oh, nice. I stopped right. it with Chimmel in the ring. Um, only build up here is that Kennedy, uh, that, that microphone that he used to lower from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. I mean, he pounded Taker with that in the forehead and then split him open uh, in the build up to this match. And then Taker responds by carrying Kennedy on the, um, on the entryway. And I don't mean carrying him like a baby, I mean like carry the movie. Like, Mr. Kennedy is standing at yes. the stage and then he has blood rained down on him like he's in carry the movie. And that sets up the first blood match, this little feud that they have going. And um, I think the only promo is right before this match starts, MVP tells Kennedy that if things start to go sideways, I got your back. And 
Kennedy doesn't really respond. And I remember they kind of, they were kind of frenemies. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they helped each other against the Brothers of Destruction because MVP's feud with Kane, Kennedy's feud with Taker, the, you know, the Brothers of Destruction are trying to give the young guys a rub. Uh, but they, they weren't friends themselves because they would often throw each other to the dogs. Mm-hmm. That occasionally happened. But, uh, but they did also help each other because they definitely didn't like The Undertaker and Kane either. So yeah. it's kind of like on two scenarios so MVP says he's going to help we'll yeah. see uh, Undertaker goes 0-2 to Mr. Kennedy in this match he lost via DQ at No Mercy by uh, in the United States Championship match if I'm not mistaken um, he used the title to hit Kennedy very un-Undertaker like you know something he's only done like maybe a once before against JBL um, sure. at SummerSlam to get himself DQ'd again um, so that's what brings us to Survivor Series. First Blood, just because what exactly what you mentioned, uh, Kennedy using his microphone, um, which then of course has Undertaker respond by blowing up the microphone in Kennedy's hand one week. Right. Uh, of course, we get the carry, uh, the raining down of the blood, and uh, which brings us to Survivor Series, Undertaker's third and last First Blood match. Uh, which is kind of surprising, you know. He still has uh, what 15 years to go from this uh, pay per view, and no more first blood matches. And at least four or five as a as a full time guy. Too. And at least four or five as a full time wrestler. At least three, two to three years with it not being PG. Uh, so they still had you know that two and a half years left to go in 14 TV and. Didn't utilize no more first blood matches. It's kind of crazy. It is um, kind of crazy. One of my notes here, you mentioned Kennedy, you know, kind of taking two out of three in this view here. Another argument you hear once in a while on Taker, which I don't understand, is he doesn't he doesn't lose or he doesn't he doesn't pass the torch on to people ever. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand that. Uh, yeah. He does get a lot of wins because he's a freaking legend, number one. But number two, like. Exhibit A right here. I mean, here's Mr. Kennedy, the young guy at the time. Yeah. And Baker's doling out torches on the 16th anniversary at Survivor Series, which is one of the big four. Yeah. I mean, just just look at the people he's had beat him in the past. I mean, before this, you had um, Kurt Angle. You had Randy Orton. um, John Cena. You know, had uh, so many young talent Undertaker go up against. He's lost matches to. And he had so many after this as well. Uh, Brock Lesnar before this as well. Forgot about him before in 2002. You have so many people before and so many people after. I mean, to make that argument is ridiculous. Unfounded, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times. They're all rumors, of course. But I can't tell you how many times I read that Taker was willing to give up the streak along the way. Like... Randy Orton, sure. Yeah. Mark Henry. Sure. Batista, go ahead. Edge, you got it. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like he couldn't wait to get rid of it. Right. It was almost it was either Vince or Taker or uh, Vince um, or the opponent rather that would say like nope, nope, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it, nope. Yeah. Yeah. But um, survivors, like you said, 16 year anniversary, and that and just like. All those other unfounded rumors, you know, it just falls in the same category as what we're going to see here as he virtually murders Mr. Kennedy with a steel chair. 
um, puts all the other rumors to rest about how he treated Canyon differently. Um, I mean, he plays, he plays whack-a-mole. Yeah. With he played, he, he, he shot Randy Orton's head almost clean off his body a year prior as well. Uh, Haku. Uh, Undertaker, Undertaker was an equal opportunity giver with his chair shots. Uh, it's just, uh, of course, knowing what we know now with CTE, I don't know if it's changed, but at least back then, that's, man, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. The, make, the way to make it look real is, to have, it, is to have it be real. Right. Basically. Uh, not saying it's good, but, you know, it's just how it was. And, um, but we have Tony Chimmel paused in the ring. Let's not have him be paused there anymore. Let us, let us hit play in three, two, one. Play. to mention here Kennedy in his uh, interview where MVP says I got you back he his strategy today is to wear Vaseline on his forehead okay. like a boxer so he doesn't split open I don't I'm not a boxing guy or an MMA guy like I don't know if that actually helps but that's his strategy going in I mean there you go Tony Chimmel getting a uh, nice little name card there um, with his name being spelled correctly uh, as opposed to if you hack him into the SmackDown vs. Raw games, his surname is spelled incorrectly with two M's. Uh, so a nice little tidbit for those out there who hack nice. the non-playable characters into SmackDown vs. Raw. I love Mr. Kennedy. I thought he was going to be the bee's knees. Uh, really? He's immediately taking the, the turnbuckle pads off here trying to find an advantage somewhere once the match starts but uh are you kidding me i'm a jfk guy my kid's name is fitzgerald like anybody named kennedy like i know he's named kennedy he's a bkm obviously of but, course uh, i was just like a guy named kennedy i hope this guy makes it and he did win money in the bank and just kind of went sideways after that of course oh okay uh, i never cared for him but that's just me i was rooting for him he was never up there with the undertaker oh my god but I was rooting for him because I really liked a guy named Kennedy succeeding in, in wrestling, but it didn't work out. And you, you said your son's name is Fitzgerald? Yeah, did you know that? And yeah. I did not. Interesting. Interesting choice of name. Yes, uh, his name is Fitzgerald because of JFK and my love of JFK. So nice. He's an attorney. reason I'm studying poli-sci and, and, uh, at the U, so I named it Fitz, and, which I think Fitzgerald, like, I, I've heard that. Fitz, Fitz and the Tantrums, the band. Like, I've heard of people named Fitz, but... Most of like my grandparents and stuff, they're like, so his name is Fritz with an R. Fritz. I'm like, no, not Fritz. Fitz. Like, come on, folks. Oh, I'm so. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't name him Kennedy or John or something like that. Interesting to I take liked, the. Interesting to take I, the middle name route. Yeah, I liked Kennedy, but I worried that people would call him Ken, and not that there's anything wrong for you Kens out there, but Ken? uh, it would take away the meaning of Kennedy. People would just think his name is Kenneth if they called him Ken. You know. Gotcha. So, I'll go Fitzgerald, and his short can be Fitz, and he'll have a Z in his name, and he'll hate me forever. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least you know the end goal here. He's going to hate you forever. I, my parents <laughs> named me Randy, and I'm like, 40 years later, I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why Randy? Dumb name. Dumb. Well, Randy Orton probably feels your same pain. Yes. So. Undertaker coming out now. Yes, we have gotten three incarnations of The Undertaker with these first blood matches. We have gotten Ministry of Darkness, we have gotten American Badass, and now we get Dead Man. I didn't think of that. That's very true. We get three Kennedy's, incarnations. Kennedy 
he's still working on the turnbuckle pads. I think he gets, I don't know if he gets all four off. I think he gets two or three of them off. And I can't recall if it ever comes into play. I guess we're going to find out. We right will now. find out. Taker doing his entrance. He's got the full-on Sarah tattoo. Uh, yes. In 2006, and I know he had that removed. Yes. Question, question for you though, if you know top of your head, because I don't, I don't, I don't know if I paid attention, but is he added his daughters added later that he had with Sarah, Chasey and Gracie? You know. Yes, he has that. Are, that's is that still there? Yes. Okay, that makes sense that that would still be there. They're still there and they're connected by a chain. That's what overlapped the Sarah. Gotcha. Okay. Very interesting, not that his personal life matters, but it's very interesting in his speech when he mentioned Chasey and Gracie, kind of the way he was talking about him, it made it feel like, like you're a big part of my life and I still love, like it all sounded less as if he doesn't see them often, but I don't know the story and it's probably none of my damn business anyway. I don't know. Uh, there's well, Kennedy's the tattoos with his... Well, uh, they are college age, so maybe they're in, way in college. They're gone. That's true. I never thought of that. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I think that's what I was thinking. Cause I think he, I think he had um, custody of them. Oh really? Okay. I didn't even know that. Kennedy's got his. Uh, speaking of tattoos, he's got his tramp stamp, but it's all the way between his shoulders. Um, he had it moved up, and then he's also got the jester, like the court jester tattoo on his arm, and it looks to me it always looks like an ICP tattoo. I'm sure that's not correct, but it looks like a ICP Juggalo tattoo. Yeah, his back tattoo looks very Randy Orton-esque. It does. Very uh, 2004 or maybe right now, 2006 Randy Orton. Yeah. All sleeves and hooked. And... I thought it was amazing on the Broken Skull session seeing Taker's eye roll there that Bubba Ray Dudley did the eye roll after powerbombing people off the yeah, Steve. Bruce Pritchard gives him a call. Yeah, somebody wants to talk to you. It's Taker. <laughs> so they're doing a lot of talking here about Kennedy. Um, his rookie year, his first year through. Not quite Kurt Angle's first year, but Kennedy, they're pumping him up as defeating five world former world champions in this first year. And now he's going to take a swing at The Undertaker, who's also a former world champion. Always like the uh, two large demon logos on Undertaker's legs here. Yeah, they got uh, one of the shirts they reproed for Halloween, or for Halloween, for Hall of Fame was this one. <laughs> With that demon on there. Taker no selling the right hands. And then Kennedy goes down with one right hand, I love it. Taker throwing Kennedy to the outside. If this is the Royal Rumble, uh, Kennedy would be eliminated. Yes. Uh, Undertaker is going to win the Royal Rumble in two months. We're only two months away from him winning the Rumble. I, my gosh, you're right. I can't believe that. We're so close to 2007. Yeah, he kind of spends the end of 06, like, giving Kennedy the rub and trying to put him over. And then 07, we're on to bigger and better. Yeah, the following month, we get the, the second and last last ride match. And then uh, onto the rumble. And this match is kind of s setting up like the last one that we just watched with Haku and Rikishi and that Steve Austin match last month. We're outside. We're 
we're striking, we're slamming heads into tables. This is not a you know collar and elbow tie-up situation. And, and for good reason, it shouldn't be. First blood matches, it shouldn't be. Yep, absolutely. You're trying to make the guy bleed. You're trying to make it, you know, you want to win this as quick as possible. Yep, because exactly. he can bleed as quick as you can bleed. Slamming him into the stairs there. Um, yeah, you're not going to make him bleed with, uh, you know, a sleeper hold generally or an atomic drop. I mean, you need to do some damage. Yeah. We want Lesnar there. I see that sign. That guy's got about six years to wait. Yeah, got six years to wait, yeah. Well, that's right. We're, we're, we're right in the thick of the uh, 2006 era DX, as you can see by the many shirts in the audience. Yes, Vince Loves Rooster is a very popular shirt. I of see course. In the, uh, in the audience. I, mean, I love that. DX is funny, but like, where, where do you wear that shirt? Where, church? Where do you wear Vince Loves Rooster? Where do you take that? Work? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I still you, have you got me stumped. You got me stumped. I mean, it's quite the. Um, yeah, I mean, there's I plenty of the there's plenty of innuendos there. <laughs> right, well, from college, I still have the shirt that says "Make seven and on the back it says "Up yours." Like "Make seven up yours." But, like uh, seven I still up have yours. That shirt, but I don't. Uh, I have to be very choosy where I break it out. Uh, do I wear it to my son's daycare? Probably. Not. I mean, why not? I mean... They can't read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're not going to wear it out to a school or a daycare, are you really living your life? <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. You're moving, in, you're moving in less than a month. They can't find you at your old house. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they keep referring to Taker uh, on commentary as the four-time world champion. And I think they're doing that to pump him up as a former world champion so when Kennedy beats him, they can add him to the tally. But four-time, we know he's going to be a seven-time. It's crazy to me that in 06, late 06, he's still got three titles to win. Yeah. Kennedy, that um, little thing to notice here, he's wearing red trunks, much like Randy Wooten. We are red trunks in the famous Hell in the Cell match, so whenever there's going to be blood or color, you know, opponents tend to wear you know either white or red to really bring it out. Yeah, especially with a guy uh, like Kennedy with that bleached hair, it reminds me of Ric Flair. I mean, anytime Ric Flair blades, which seems like every other Tuesday, and yeah, yeah. but with that white hair or that gold hair, like it really stands out when he bleeds in his hairline. So Kennedy's a perfect opponent for something like that. Taker's going to go for a rare superplex here, which originally on my notes I wrote superplex. That's amazing that he can do this right now. This man's seven foot, 300 pounds. But like from a first blood standpoint, that's not going to make him bleed. And then right away commentary starts talking about Kennedy bleeding internally you know, from moves <laughs> like that, and that could work. That could He could cough up the blood. Right, right. He could bleed internally, his ribs. Oh, and the low. Oh. Do you hear in your head? I, I'm like conditioned to hear the no mercy ding. Yes. Even, even in real life, I hear it in my head. Ding. 
Yes, of course. And there's the big boot from The Undertaker just mowing down Kennedy. And then Charles Robinson checks his face right away after the big boot to see if he's bleeding. Oh, and it does come into play. They oh, it does, play. yes. Taker throws the Kennedy into the bear turnbuckle. Taker with the body shots following up from that uh, superplex, trying to make him bleed internally. This is this is a longer match than I thought it was. They're really working around the ring here. Sure. Yeah, because they went out. They were outside for the longest time. Oh. And another low blow. Another ding. <laughs> so Kennedy has petered to the outside. You're gonna see that he is indeed coughing up blood and bleeding internally. And they always say it's up to the ref to, you know, is that enough? If you get a paper cut, is that enough? I mean, it's, they always say it's up to the referee if that's enough. But apparently, the way the commentators are acting, Kennedy might die here. So here comes MPP to cover it up with a towel. He said uh, he'd have his back, right? Yeah, right? Gotta make sure that blood packet worked. Right, that ketchup packet, sure. So just when you think he's, he's, he's helped them, he could lose the match, he wiped it all up. Tell him, yeah, I got your back. MVP wearing his Scuba Steve outfit. Got your back, Jack. Right. Taker saying, we are, uh, MVP saying, we don't need this. We don't need this, we're leaving. Just kidding, I'm gonna throw you to the dogs. There you go. <laughs> Apparently Kennedy did this to MVP a couple weeks ago, so he's paying him back, I guess, but... You really think Undertaker's gonna pull out the win now? They threw him into a second bear turnbuckle, so I really missed that when I was doing my notes. At least two of them, and now more body shots. sign I know it's coming up oh this fight from French hopefully it's from French again yeah hopefully the first person the first one didn't go good so might as well try again five years later there you go Taker ate the uh, I think the spot was screwed up a little bit he was supposed to eat that turnbuckle but he didn't so Kennedy got up and threw his head into it really quick so now Taker might be bleeding little nature's checking I didn't realize at first that MVP like hung out. Like I thought he left after he threw Kennedy in the ring, but apparently he hung out. Well, he wanted to see who's going to pull off this victory here. Sure. A lot of headshots. Oh, here comes MVP. Looking like he's swinging for Kennedy. Little Nate stops him. Get the hell out of here, Little Nate. Bam! It's Taker. Oh, oh shit. He's, yeah, he's got that oh shit look. Was it on purpose? If I was MVP, I wouldn't have Taker's busted open. Yeah, if I was MVP, I'd be hitting the road. MVP looks so young here. He does, he does look really young. Bobby Lashley's former manager. 
trying to be back. There, marry, marry me, Maria. Oh, he just put it up a second ago. <laughs> Kennedy with the headshots, making it look like that blood's from him. I think he's already declared the match for Kennedy, if I'm not mistaken. So what MVP tried to do is classic backfire. Classic. You know, you think you're hitting the right person, and of course the wrong person gets hit. Much like Shawn Michaels in yeah. SummerSlam 97. Yeah. Oh, I was so distraught at the end of that match. He lost the belt and terrible. But Kennedy wins. The only red things about him are his trunks and his really, really terrible tramp stamp. I somehow moved up. Uh, north between his shoulders <laughs> and his uh, semi-bleeding mouth yes. of the, the drying out packet amazing This is what you should do, right? You, you got to win over Taker somehow, some way. You should hang out and taunt him. Yeah, of especially course. Up, especially up close like this. Have you seen no horror movie ever? <laughs> With the goozle, there goes the microphone. The yeah, microphone's getting the hell out of there. Yeah, I would too. He's just destroying Kennedy's head. Like you mentioned, here comes the chair shot coming up when Taker picks up this chair. Yeah, that's it. Just, just he, that's whack. it. Just going for murder. Ding. Oh my god. <laughs> at least when Undertaker hit Canyon, at least he held onto the chair. Kennedy's probably thinking, all right, I got the win. I'm going to get the win tonight. I don't have to blade. This is going to be great. No, no, you're still going to have to bleed. When, when, and JBL is so hell-bent on somebody stopping the Undertaker, he should do it. <laughs> JBL was another guy. Taker never really seemed to be able to get past him, you know? He would always put him over. Yeah. Seeing too much of Kennedy's butt there for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> and a tombstone, Mr. Kennedy. Looked like he almost dropped a mid tombstone, but I do like how Taker recovered and then threw him on the floor like a piece of trash after he was done with it. And off come the gloves here. This is like what he did with DDP at uh, King of the Ring 01. Like, he just got in the ring and he just slowly took them gloves off and then started going to town. Yeah. Interesting to see Undertaker and just like wristbands. Right, it looks almost weird. It does look almost weird. Like, we only see him in those MMA gloves. I just assume he bathes in those. Like, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really stuck too. He didn't around with the blade job either my god straps are coming down just like your figure that's right that's right yeah. 
sure seen better days. Yeah, yeah. You can't return that to Home Depot anymore. No. <laughs> no. No. McMahon's not getting his ten bucks back on that. Will Nate is attempting to carry Mr. Kennedy's carcass out of the ring. I think Undertaker does a Shakespeare pose <laughs> here with the uh, with the wearing the crimson mask. That's pretty cool. There's your next ringside exclusive. We talked about how he need last month. He needs a first blood. Yes, splatter. he needs a first blood splatter figure. Right. Alex and I were kind of texting back and forth about like what haven't they done now? I mean, really, they can do they can do multiple heads, a regular head, uh, a a face with all the the blood with the the eyes rolled back and the tongue out. They could do so much. Uh, short hair taker. Yeah. The hardcore championship run, whether it be with RVD or maybe you put him with Maven if you get him on a Legends deal. People love the whole Maven. Eliminating him from the Rumble thing, and blood. Do a blood one. And yeah, we need a them. we need a blood taker. That might be ringside exclusive. It may not be a retail thing, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't think WWE will ever okay it though. I know, right? They Ooh. just yeah, they won't okay it. That's so, the end of the match. Now we're on to King Booker. Yeah, and new Hall of Famer Queen Charmel. Um. Yeah, I she did a good job with her um, with her speech. By the way, this is not a Queen Charmel podcast, but uh, it's not. <laughs> I, I was impressed by her speech. I thought she did a damn good job. Yeah, I think I think the whole class did. Yeah, I mean, I know you gave your thoughts on the Taker speech already on the Mothership uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I, I thought it was just I'm biased as hell, you know. Disclaimer, but I thought it was maybe the best speech ever, and I, I yeah. wondered how they were gonna sum up thir- uh, 30 years in 45 minutes an hour tops like how are they gonna how is he gonna do that yeah and I, I you know without boring the hell out of everybody that's not us is he gonna get up there and go through a laundry list of thank yous and people are gonna say I don't care and then he's gonna switch to a laundry list of anecdotes and funny stories and after about the 20th one people are gonna be like this is like hillbilly Jim I don't care <laughs> you know like because his speech went on and on and on how is he going to get through this? And I, I, I think we all knew Taker was intelligent, but I don't think we all knew that he was so eloquent as mm-hmm. he was because his character didn't talk that much when he was the dead man, and even when he was the American badass, you know, he was cutting promos like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Texas badass motorcycle guy. You know, I mean, he wasn't totally being him, maybe mostly him, but uh, I thought it was cool that he put on that like <laughs> Madonna. Britney Spears face microphone and he like gave a TED talk yeah and I love the hell out of it because he was able to kind of do three things at once he's going through his thank yous but he'll give a few of them and then before it's boring as hell he'll stop and then he'll move on to like a couple of funny stories and let us peek behind the curtain tell a couple anecdotes and then before that gets boring he'll give us one of his mental moves on how it helped him and it may help us, you know, in our career or life. I just thought like he always like the like like he did during his career, he would always change right before you know people would have a chance to get bored or sick of it. He would change it up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what his speech was. I mean, I was not tired and I was not bored and I was actually a little sad when it was over. Because I was yeah. like, damn, I could listen to him some more. I could. I, I, I made that comment. It's like 
I felt like he could have went on even more and I would have been perfectly okay with it. They yeah. could have had, they really could have had all three hours of him just talking and people have been fine with it. Because I think the way that he delivered it was perfect. Um, like you said, he kept people entertained for so long before changing it and having people stop and say, well, what did he say there? So you had, you had people con- consistently paying attention to it. Because you don't know where he's going to go next. You didn't know what he was going to say next. And the best thing, the the best thing about it is that it was able to connect with everybody. Right. It, everybody listening, something in that speech was for them, which is perfect. Absolutely, I love that he. You know, uh, the proof was in the pudding. So he would say, "Mental move, treat everybody with respect, no matter how big, how small." And then right after that, he thanked the people behind the scenes, and he thanked catering, and he thanked the doctors, mm-hmm. and he thanked the person who puts the travel together for WWE like man he practiced what he preached right away you know I, yeah. I loved it I loved it the woman that does his costumes the yeah. people that put the ring together everybody he comes into contact with because he said and, and you know it's just you know it hits home for people you know when say you don't know who what people are going through and you know a hello and a handshake can save somebody you know people talk about you know mental health and being there for people when, when they need it and his speech reiterated this for people. Right. Yep, absolutely. And I know um, one of the things I have in my notes here is they confirmed WrestleMania 38 Blu-ray and DVD Undertaker's speech is going to be an extra. He's on the cover of the whole DVD Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, I know they used to do, um, I haven't bought WrestleMania in a few years, but I know they used to have the entire Hall of Fame as an extra or a bonus disc or whatever. I don't. Maybe they quit doing that. But once I I'm, got confirmation that Taker's speech is on this year, unfortunately, I think that's not going to come to the United States. What? Yes. You didn't hear about this before. I think the last the last DVD they're putting out in the United States, I think, is last year's Survivor Series or something. Into that, I was because uh, I already wrote down May tenth. I put it. I put a thing in my phone. I know. To remind me on May tenth, like hit Walmart or Amazon or whatever. I hope. I hope they change their direction because I will pick it up if I see it. Yeah, I definitely want but to I, have that. You just never know when they're gonna yank it off Peacock or something. I want to have that. Yeah, I do too. Because I I bought the Survivor Series twenty twenty his thirtieth anniversary. I bought. I think I bought Extreme Rules twenty nineteen. I bought WrestleMania thirty six. Sure. So, are you uh, putting you on the spot live on after we hit record? We talked about this a little bit before we hit record. They just released tonight the Taker plaque for sixty six dollars and sixty yes, cents. Yes. Uh-huh. Are you going to buy the plaque too? Of course, I'm going to add that to my order of Undertaker Hall of Fame socks and an Undertaker lapel pin because why not? Right. Why? Well, I was hoping I was hoping they would put the other stuff up that was at at the store. Like they had a collectible coin, they had uh, lapel pin. I mean uh, cufflinks. They had uh, gloves and tie set, like the purple gloves and tie. I was like, put these on the WWE shop. Yeah, and I know they wanted to be exclusive to the people that were there. Of but course. Yeah, if you got if you got surplus, make some money. Put yeah. It on, uh, put it online. I'll pay shipping. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, we got the coupon codes. Put them to good did use. You, did you see the shirts that we're wearing are already on sale? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know. But um, if I didn't order them, they'd be out of stock. That's right. 
That's so. right. I got very lucky with that uh, Acknowledge Me shirt because my wife was ahead of it before they ran out. And I thought I was screwed, but the Easter Bunny was very good to me with my <laughs> socks and my Acknowledge Me shirt. So, uh, Toys, we always talk about toys. Usually we line it up with the match that we're watching, but we had so many toys, I think, that have just come out with The Undertaker. Yes. So mine is still in the box here. I have like four still in the box, so don't worry. Four, that's unbelievable. <laughs> um, we talked about it a little bit between matches, um, just so there wasn't dead air. But like, <clears throat> I, I know the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. If you listen to their episode last week, they kind of shit on this figure a little bit. Um, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I'm not an expert like they are, but like, I agree. Like we talked about, the beanie could be done better, so it looks like a beanie, or at least have the logo on there to clue us in. Um, why can't they make it out of? Um, why can't they just make it out of the same material the real life beanie is made out of? Yeah, like a cloth. Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice. Um, same for the shirt. I, I do agree with Alex. It looks like Dance and Stevie Richards, depending on <laughs> what you get. Um, but I agree with you. I think the way I think if you take the beanie off, or if you display it with the shades like you're doing right there, and I think if you put straps down to show off that BSK. Um, tattoo i think that saves the figure and i think it's damn good i mine's still in the box only because i'm moving of so course my, my stuff isn't set up but i fully plan on doing this picture on the back here yeah holding he, both he, titles yeah because i bought the wwf tag belt off ebay like four months ago and it's packed away but he's gonna be straps down holding a belt on either side or i'm gonna um hook the belts together and we'll have them wear them around his neck i don't know if that'll work in the that way with the toys like he did in real life but i'm gonna sure as heck try so this is a this is a decent figure i i agree the shirt's a little short and i'm not sure why but like you can save it by just putting the straps down man right? yeah or try and get lucky if you're a mint on card collector like me and try and get lucky with having the shirt being pulled down right. on the kind of shake it <laughs> maybe for cigarettes right just tap it you know? yeah and if you do open it you get a sweet SummerSlam backdrop. I did not know that. I can't wait. Yeah. So oh, I, I have it upside down. So yeah. Very See? nice. Nice little backdrop you could put in your detolf. Sure. Yeah. And I know you have found it as well. Mean Mark Callis. Yes. What is your thoughts on this? My figure's two days older than your figure. Uh, yes, it I is. Found it in the, I found it in stores before the um, uh, the pre-orders hit. But I, I was so glad, too, by the way, because I once I heard you and Alex from Talking Taker both did the pre-order, I was I had major FOMO that I'm not going to be able to find this. And so I had major paranoia. Since I found him and, like, the street date passed on Easter of all days, you know, he, he has risen, I guess. But... Um, <laughs> He's everywhere now. I don't. I've, I've seen him three or four times now, so it's not a problem. But I was just paranoid that people were gonna like, like this was gonna be rare or something, or people would want to sell it on the secondary market, so they, they'd all be gone. But he was fairly easy to find. And Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, as much as they shit on SummerSlam Taker, they loved this figure, and I agree. I love this figure too. I, I do too. Great. Um, I'm going to open this too after I move, but he's still in the package because it'll be safer for him to move that way. But um, like even like the the design for his gloves, like the mesh is drawn on there. Um, I think I'm going to use the heart punch glove hand though. I think that's what I'm going to do. Oh yeah. And I'm, 
and I love the assless chaps. Uh, you got to show off your figures and assless chaps. And I, I'm corrected by a buddy of mine, uh, Nate, that always tells me that uh, all chaps are assless. Yes, Otherwise, they are. they'd be leather pants, Randy. Um, but uh, regardless, any any figure in chaps that's the Undertaker, you got to use it. Uh, I'm definitely going to display this. It's uh, and I think I think you said on the mothership last week that his face could be used for some 1990 takers. Yeah, one. yeah, I like it. It's definitely something that they can reuse for 1990, 1991, even Undertaker. Um, because that that face scan that they use with the mullet, you know, it's overdone. It it doesn't really, you know, look too much like him. Sure. I you know, I, I don't know if it's the printing or the or the mold or anything, but this one looks amazing, so much like him, that I think they can keep the face, maybe add longer hair, and you got a, a great early Undertaker figure. I mean, I don't even remember how long Mark Callis's singles run was after he got rid of Spivey and Sid and. Like, is this the early part of 1990? And, like, I would have never dreamed in a million years, like, this was going to get a representation through a figure. Yeah, like I said, if they didn't get a representation during the Jack's Classic days, where they were putting everybody out, I thought it would never happen. Right. I thought, especially now at the end of his career, that, you know, it's probably something he wouldn't want to look back at, but apparently he okays it now. Right, this and the shirt that came yeah. out last year. Like, this is awesome. Well, it's, even if he wasn't very fond of his Mark Callis days, I don't know if he is or not, but um, I'm sure that he's fond of the of the checks, you know, when they roll in. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. I, what will be really interesting is if anybody ever gets this signed, will he sign it, mean Mark Callis? Oh, good call. Because Major Wrestling Figure Podcast talks about how Taker's one of those few guys that you can't, like, you feel weird demanding things of like can you use this color can you sign it like this don't put it here like Taker's one of them guys you just kind of like actually the the twice I met him uh, funny story is that he asks you which color pen yeah he asks you which color pen do you want and uh, where do you want it signed so jealous if he can come to Chicago or obviously Minneapolis like I will I will pay the three or four hundo and make that happen. And then yeah, so. I've been jealous of you and the Talking Taker guys for, what, at least the two years of uh, the <laughs> pandemic when there was nothing happening. I'm like, man, if I ever get a chance, now that he's a little more free, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. There's always Comic-Cons in Chicago, so maybe one day he'll be booked there. That would be awesome. That's what I met. I met him twice in Chicago. Sure. So hopefully, hopefully you get that good luck. I'm going to ask about that hook. We're going to get that answer <laughs> before I'm dead, you know? I'm going to ask the dead man before I'm a dead man. That's right. That's right. Uh, you just got to hope. You just got to hope his answer is a little bit more than, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like, I don't know, man. That just the, the lady, the costume lady, she set me up with it. I don't know. Like, oh, it was attached to my pants when I bought them. Right. And I never so took it off. Well, these two figures, I don't know about you, but I feel a little post-Christmas letdown because you and I have been talking about these figures for months. Yeah. And now they're here, so there's not a lot on deck. It's not completely zero. They had they, they, they pumped out so much Undertaker at once with the Bret Hart 2-pack, the Top Picks Elite, the Basic Top Picks, the Mima Callus, the Ringside Undertaker. Now it's... Yeah. Uh, I mean... Maybe WrestleMania 38 Blu-ray. I'll look into that. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, um, you got the Superstars the Hulk, line. 
the superstars line. I think they're on wave one right now, and yeah. he's wave three. He's I wave think, three. I think I don't know about you. I think that's that's a Walmart exclusive, right? And I think that's going to be brutal because, and I'm not hunting for anything right now. But all I've ever seen is Ric Flair's. I have not even seen the other ones in the wild. Yeah, that's all I've seen too is Ric Flair. Um, one thing good, I know Honky Tonk Man and Ric Flair are available on the app. So hopefully as series progresses, the online may be getting more and more. And maybe the stores may order more. As, you know, At least he was not wave one. Right. Where they were just testing the waters with it. At least he's a little further out where they can see how many to order. Work out the kinks a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, he looks a little bit like Decade of Domination Undertaker, but I don't care. I still want him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It might be. I don't even know how long it'll take him to get to wave three. The end of the year? Like the fall? It's my best guess. I have no idea. Probably. He may come out around Survivor Series time. Which, I mean, Halloween time is the Undertaker's time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they give us a Hall of Fame Undertaker. Him in a suit. I mean. Right. Just, That's uh, one of Alex's suggestions when he and I were texting, like, what's left? He thought maybe a Hall of Fame yeah. figure. It's so yeah. easy. You, you, you pop off the top pick's head because it got the braid. And you have suit molds. Just, right. just make a, just reconfigure a Vince McMahon suit, and you uh, got Vince it. McMahon, Vince McMahon oversized jack suit. Yeah, I, I mean, you got it. You, you just add like the design to his jacket because he has a he had a patterned jacket. Yep. So you just added a pattern to the jacket, and then you're you're good. It's just black. Right. It's a black black pants, black arms, uh, black shirt and tie. It's so easy. Yeah, and he's got to have the Britney Spears uh, removable. Remo- they have that mold from the DDP Legends figure. Yes, yes, the drive-through uh, yeah. microphone. They have that yeah. mold, so it's perfect. It's literally everything they have at their disposal. They literally just have to build it together. Right. Build your own Undertaker. We build your own Undertaker. There's your next builder figure. Build <laughs> your Undertaker. Well, we got the Hallmark ornament, too, that you talked about yes. in October. Uh, yeah. I got that bookmarked on my phone October 8th. Um, I, I do keep tabs on the keepsakes every year, um, Undertaker or otherwise. I think Taker's the first WWE collaboration that they've had. Yes. Um, but I've got a few of them on my tree every year where, like, um, I've got a Genesis and a Super Nintendo that make, you press it and it makes, like, the noise from Super Mario. And uh, I hope that they have a Taker one with noise eventually. Yeah. Um, this yeah. cost a little bit more, but this one does not have noise. It just looks like Taker and he's got his arms kind of uh, spread out there hey we've we've good. bought gingerbread ornaments we've bought snowman ornaments we've bought wwf undertaker ball ornaments and yep. a hallmark ornament is going to be just added perfectly into the collection absolutely it'll go right in there uh and hopefully i'll find that last gingerbread man one yeah day. yeah eventually we'll find okay. them hopefully we come become just as lucky as last one quantity two make offer right right yes yeah we'll do it live on the show yeah of course and then hopefully we get that plush buddy, that Canadian plush buddy. Oh. Um, I still haven't got that. I, every time I look on eBay, it's like a hundred plus dollars, and I'm like, man, I'm buying a house. I probably shouldn't do this, but I really, really want it. Yeah. So I hope that we get a swing at it in the states. Yeah. Hell, Amy was talking about like he thinks it's going to be, but he doesn't know when, obviously. Yeah, it's so crazy. He went to Canada first. It's like weird. Yeah. It's like my my Foo Fighters. They would always. Seem like they would give a lot of stuff tour dates exclusives and always go to england first i'm like you're from here give it to us it's like 
Canada's keeping Toys R Us's. They're getting Undertaker plushes. They're taking all the good stuff away from us here. Right. My, my state touches Canada, but it's like a good eight hours just to get to the line. I love mean, to find a store that has them. Yeah. Good luck. And good luck finding one now. Probably it's all sold out everywhere. Right. Yeah. Question I got for you. Two questions to close us out. Shoot. One. One, uh, you mentioned on the mothership last week that you've got one or two Mattels left. You're basically done with Mattel, other than a couple of like I think combo packs. That you're yes. For, right. I'm listening to this while I'm weightlifting, and I'm thinking, how the hell? I mean, that's such a that's such a huge. Even just the Mattel portion, not Jacks or anything else, just Mattel. It's a huge undertaking, pun intended. How how do you keep track? Do you have a spreadsheet? Do you have a, you've got to have a checklist. I do. How the hell do you keep track? Yep, I have a checklist. I started off, there was a thing called a wrestling figure checklist database, something like that. It was basically a skeleton that I used as a starting off point. Uh, it like ran to like end of 2019, so I would continuously fill things in as they would be released since then. And also I would go back and check to see if, you know, do they have, did they have this on the checklist? Was this marked off? You know, was this? And just fill in, you know, take the body and start filling in all the things that are, and then that's where I started from. Uh, luckily for me, I began collecting Mattels ever since the inception. That's, you know, you know, I opened up my Jack stuff because I wasn't really collecting, but then when the Mattels came, became uh, in the stores, I was like, okay, now I'm going to be collecting uh, Mint on Card. So luckily I had the foresight to start in Mattel because now prices have increased dramatically on their figures. Um, so it's just like things I had to rebuy when I moved down to Florida was, you know, damaged in transit as, you know, things happen. Don't tell me that. I'm moving in two weeks. <laughs> well, you don't, you didn't have to move states. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, as you move states, things get damaged, uh, especially if you ship things, which I did, things fall off the car. So that's the only stuff I had to re rebuy was things that were damaged. Um, so yeah, Mattel was basically done. The only things I really have to get is the uh, Royal Rumble Heritage box set and the fan favorites box set. You know, those big box sets I never really thought of buying. Um, you know, but that came back to bit me and said, you know what, I need box sets. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm sure you've had plenty of moments like I did. Um, I talk about NECA Elvira right now as one of the veins of my existence and uh, finding her. I held her in my hand and I said, eh, you know, I probably don't need this. I'm good. I walked away. They must have just unloaded a box of four and I saw four of them on the shelf. I just walked in at the right time. And I was Never like, oh, walk away. Never walk away. Right. And I just was like, well, I love Elvira. I read her book last year. I'm a big horror movie guy, as you know. I thought, yeah, but do I need her when I don't know the layout of my new house yet? Will I have a spot for her is the question. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't spend 40 bucks when I don't know. I'll hold off. And I put her down and I left. Of course, those four are long gone now. Buy and first, think later. I, you can always return it, right? You can always return it. You can always get your money back. Oh, my God. So dumb. Now I'm paying for it. Yeah. And as you can see, I do have... I do have a checklist. I know the lighting is terrible. I get, yeah. But yeah, there's the checklist. It's in a Google no. Doc. I have it always handy with me. That was my next question. Is it electronic or are you like doing this kind of checklist? No, no. I have, I have actually two. I have one saved on my computer with pictures. 
So I have a picture checklist. So in case they don't, if people don't label it correctly on the internet, I can say, okay, is this is this the right one? Am I looking at the right one here? Uh, and of course, everything is always electronic. So I never, I try not to buy duplicates. The only duplicate stuff I like to buy is new stuff, because especially collect, ex, ex, yeah, especially exclusives, because you know, always trying to get the best condition one. Well, right, and you can keep the best one, and then even the other ones that are pretty damn good that could be trade bait down the road, or you could flip it down the road. You never know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, second question. Yes. Closing us out. First blood is done, though. Yes. So what are we, what are we gonna do next month? I, 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 you know, we could do a one-off one like you were talking about. Um, you know, I think there's the. Uh, rest in peace match with Giant Gonzalez. There's body bag match with Ultimate Warrior. Um, there's a couple of them that are small, like First Blood, that wouldn't take too long. Like First Blood was only a couple months. Buried Alive has five, although we covered one already with our tag team series. So I mean, really four, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Last Ride match, which would include Kennedy again, only has two. Last Ride. Which Kennedy is an episode we can combine both in one. JBL, yep. Inferno match I had marked as two. I, I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, Elimination Chamber has three. So we've got some options if you don't want to dive into the 17-month casket odyssey or whatever the hell in the cell is, you know? I am good with either of those, actually. I like the idea of... I like the idea of the last ride. So we can get we can pump both of them out in one episode and be done with them. Just like we did today. Yeah. Let's I, do it. I, so there you go, cre- uh, creatures of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Join us here in the month of May as we take our last ride with JBL to close out that a feud and with Mr. Kennedy as that closes out that feud as we give you another double feature uh, of the last ride matches of The Undertaker uh, against JBL at... No Mercy, 2004, and right. Mr. Kennedy at Armageddon, 2006. This is good. We can get all this Kennedy talk in now and then never talk about him again. Never talk about him again. <laughs> That's perfect. And also, this is it for JBL. There's not another gimmick match with him, so we one and done with JBL as well. Right. Perfect. And then, to me. yeah, I say as June rolls around, we'll see what the, I like the idea. Maybe we'll do the uh, Elimination Chambers, pump those away. It's funny as I took my notes and I wrote down all of them. I count, remember I did a tally mark and just saying like this is going to take us four years or give or take. And I had the tally mark for every single kind, even the one-offs. And I recycled my notes. I'm like after the uh, pod came out, I'm like, cool, I can recycle these notes. I don't need them anymore. And now I'm like, damn it. Now i got to count all those up again. <laughs> I should have kept an electronic checklist like you did. Right? Right comes in handy well you don't have to recount first bloods and you don't have to recount the last rides right perfect so thank you again randy for joining me here uh you can follow him at pokey's little dog on twitter uh where he gives you your uh, treadmill uh this week in treadmill uh, horror history uh every friday is it still friday yes yeah, friday i do that when we sign off here perfect thanks for reminding me you're welcome you're <laughs> welcome at every little tidbit from Horror, John F. Kennedy, and The Undertaker, anything else in between, you can find on his Twitter, and you can follow me at CollectUpDead on Twitter, CollectingDeadMan on Instagram, and make sure to like, comment, and subscribe 
on this YouTube uh, video. And as always, Creatures of the Night, I thank you for joining us here on this very long, very inclusive uh, look back at the Undertaker's gimmick matches. We'll be coming to you next month with the last ride matches. And as always, Creatures of the Night, join us here next time. Same Taker time, same Taker channel. Keep on rolling, baby. We'll see you then. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.